Welcome to Unlearn. I'm Kat. And I'm Misha. And thank you for listening to us today. Um, I'm not drunk. We're we're sober. We're very much sober after that last episode. So thank you for listening to us again after we made fools of ourselves. Um, In today's episode, today's topic is Black History Month because we're in the midst of it and we got lots of things to say. But today we're going to have a couple of new segments and we're going to start with This Week in Music. So this did not occur exactly this week, but over the last three weeks, there have been some, I think personally, fantastic performances and videos um, that really, that's just really conscious and really woke. So um, first we're going to talk about Beyonce's formation. We're going to, then we're going to talk about Kendrick Lamar's Grammy performance. I love them. (laughs) Number one, I just needed to be explicit about the fact that I love them both. I love how dramatic this whole situation is. (laughs) Like dramatic in the way that people are overreacting or. I love how dramatic it was that Beyonce dropped this video and announced and that it was so charged. I love the fact that she came out and performed it on the Super Bowl. They were dressed like Black Panthers. And I love the fact that everybody is going crazy because they don't know what to do with it. I love it all. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about formation first. So, like, everyone know, like, the day or two before the Super Bowl, she drops this video and black people are like, yes, finally, Queen B. White people are like, Beyonce's black? What's happening? I feel betrayed. White people, I mean, yeah, white people were like, I can't understand any of this. <laughs> That's what they were thinking, too. And it just took a while for people to accept that it's not for them and not everything is for them. Um, so let's talk about like some of the things that I guess did not make since once you're black um and or southern yeah yeah i would say under southern yeah yeah so where to start one i will say that i loved that she incorporated some bounce artists my favorite bounce artist big frida Mm -hmm. was she um had a like talking she was like talking in it and killing it and i'm just like I, I at some at one point I'm just listening. I was like, "Is that Big Frida's voice? Big Frida knows Beyonce." Oh <laughs> my god, this is the best thing that has hit my ears today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, me something that you said earlier is that you noticed like Beyonce's hairstyles mm-hmm. in the video were not her typical styles. Mm-hmm. Discuss that. Well, you know, I feel like whenever you see. Beyonce on the red carpet or whenever you see her in photographs, the paparazzi's chasing her, whatever they do. Um, she's usually, her hair's usually straight. She usually has in some kind of weave and like has a blowout. But in this video, most of her hair was in, I, I would say all of it were like natural styles. Like she didn't mm-hmm. actually have any straight hair in it, yeah, which I really loved. And like styles that are more prone in the black community, like, mm-hmm braids and a twist out yeah 
Mm-hmm. Her baby was running around with natural hair. Yes. <laughs> well, I, Blue always ro- runs around with like natural exactly. hair. Because but her... Beyonce was explicit about being like, y'all need to leave my child alone. Yeah. I And I guess like that comes from someone like years ago commenting like, oh, Beyonce, you need to comb that child's hair. Mm-hmm. And Beyonce's like, uh, this is how it grows out of her head. So how about you take all the seats and you don't comment on my child ever again in your life? Right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like a lot of people have trouble accepting when other people's children, like when people let their children, when they let the hair grow out of their head the way that God intended. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you need to sit down. No one asked you. Worry about your child. <laughs> Don't worry if you about want to put chemicals Beyonce's. in your child's hair and burn them. That is your choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what Beyonce said. But my baby is going to have her natural hair. Right. And I think that this was this whole video was such a beautiful shout out to like her family, where she comes from. I loved all the New Orleans imagery. Um, we can. So I think like it's like pretty beautiful. Thing. Which yeah. is that she likes her Negro nose with Jackson 5 nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at you. Stop contouring that nose. <laughs> you like it so much. <laughs> um, and there is some of the, I guess, more politically charged imagery, which, um, so you were telling me a story about how in Miami, mm-hmm. the police union are they said that they weren't going to provide support for her, con- her yeah, concert. they're protesting. They're protesting her concert. Mm-hmm. So the only imagery related to police were, was this cute-ass little boy dancing, doing his thing in front of a line of armed police officers. And then when the little boy stops dancing, the police officers put, um, put their hands up in, in the same in the um, way that most protesters do in the don't shoot... Um, within like black lives matter protest and i guess that was i guess that's apparently anti-police even though there was no imagery that's showing violence towards police or any even disrespect towards police on the car though okay she she drowned the police on the car okay it's not there weren't cops in it so (laughs) but i think a lot of cops looked at that as symbolism for the cops Mm -hmm. i saw it as a a I saw it as rebellion to the government's response in Hurricane Katrina. That's how we see it. <laughs> That's how I think it's supposed to be seen. But I guess, like, if you draw on a police car and you make them put their hands up for a little black boy, and at the end of the video, it, you have graffiti saying, stop shooting us. That's just, that means we must kill all pigs. That's what it must mean, like, yeah. obviously. I think this just really brings up a larger question of how we interpret things Mm -hmm. because sometimes you really just aren't through your life experiences through what cultural groups you're a part of you just sometimes can't understand what another person's saying or another group is saying and i think that you know as a part of living in the world where you can freely interpret things how you want to there are just going to be situations where people just really interpret things differently but i think it also shows like how much more of a of a conversation we need to be having Mm -hmm. and instead of people trying to sound so eloquent we need to just be clear about (laughs) what we're saying Mm -hmm. so all you know all all these new shows people i feel like people constantly try to sound smart and sometimes just 
don't care about the clarity of the message. <laughs> but that's me. That's my. I'm not gonna bring that up right now. We can continue going. These cars and the drownings. <laughs> but I can. I can see how, especially if you are not practice in the field of artistically trying to interpret some things how you could just be like oh my god she's drowning police officers she's saying it's our fault like she's saying it's police officers fault for shooting black people when really if these black people would be better behaved you know anyway i'm all that to say like i can understand how people could get that interpretation but not really <laughs> I get it, but I don't get it. Just because I'm not in that world. Yeah, not like in the mindset where I actively oppress people and then blame them for being oppressed. Whatever. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not privy to that kind of mindset. I don't know. Um. So, what were some of the other imagery that were that was more that really show what the type of activist that Beyonce is. Cause a lot of people have in the past, like question whether she's woke or not. And like her level of act, like activism and her and Jay-Z have donated a lot of money to the black lives matter movement. And they, and I understand how people feel that celebrities need to speak up more, but at the same time, like she said in her video, like, the best revenge is to make money and that's what she's been doing. Well, I think that there's this, there's this understanding that if you're in the public eye Mm -hmm. that you need to all the, every single moment of the time you need to be making these grand statements where I think that she, but she seems, I don't know her, so I wouldn't know, but she seems like the type of person that has been plotting this out for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Like this, (laughs) it takes a long time to like brainstorm a video, write a song and then like put it out and get this kind of reaction. She seems like the type of person that plays it really well. Yeah. And is very calculated in her moves. And I think there need to be activists like these young people who are on the streets, like actually protesting, tweeting things out, creating gatherings. But I also think there needs to be room for people like her who are like slowly behind the scenes, like donating money to movements, creating these like masterpieces where people are going to eventually rally behind. Mm -hmm. And I think there needs to be space for that kind of stuff. I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm like now we're starting to get all these anthems. Yeah. And and so we can also talk about why people were mad and how they felt so disrespected by her Super Bowl and performance. Ugh. Uh, and how we'll talk later about how white people believe that the Black Panthers are a terrorist group, even though <laughs> they're not. Um, we'll, okay. Yeah, we'll discuss that more Thanks for making later. Me emotional. <laughs> I've just, just been getting emotional lately over these things. Uh, so Kendrick, real powerful. He he went in that the Grammy in- imagery was he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give no fucks. I don't care that there are so many white people in this audience because I'm going to make a um, I'm going to make a statement about mass incarceration. I'm going to keep this real for my people. I, I mean, he's always been an artist to keep it real. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that Beyonce isn't keeping I think Beyonce keeps it real all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not here or there. But, <laughs> like, he, he came in hard. He came in chains. And he was like, you're going to sit and listen as I sing this politically active song. 
I'm going to shoot you with this politically active imagery and really make you feel this. Mm. I loved Kendrick's performance. I want to say that first of all. There were tears in my eyes. I thought it was so beautiful. But there's something about Kendrick's performance that I, I think that Kendrick's performance was different in the sense that it was it was very deep. I feel like you had mm-hmm. to in some way be woke already to kind of be getting what he was trying to say. Yeah. Half these white people in the world aren't woke at all. So I feel like... Half? They would, wow, that's generous. I'm going to say 98% okay. in the whole world <laughs> are not woke. So I think, you know, they were looking at it and they were like, oh, okay, there must be something deeper to this. But okay, I don't really get it. So a lot of a lot of what I was hearing was like, okay, he just sounded like he was speaking gibberish. Like I don't really understand what he's saying, but nobody was saying, you know, like this was offensive. Like I was offended. Like he's a cop hater. Yeah. Whereas Beyonce, I feel like she had like there were a lot of things that black people were just gonna understand. Mm-hmm. But she also has some very explicit things like I'm gonna make an X on the Super Bowl field. We all know this is Malcolm X. Yeah. I'm about to march out <laughs> in these black leather things where everybody has berets and afros. This is clearly Black Panthers. Yeah. Like, I'm going to talk about Negro noses. Okay, we all know what that's about. <laughs> I feel like hers was, like, so, like, had symbolic markers that everybody could kind of understand, even mm-hmm. though we're going to be interpret- interpreting them in different ways. Whereas Kendrick Lamar's, I feel like, was, the imagery in it was so deep that you almost had to really be thinking about what every moment of what he was doing and I'm wondering if that's why people were so much more pissed about Beyonce's because it was, it seemed so intentionally simple in some ways, what she was doing. What do you I, think about this? Well, I think that they're more pissed at Beyonce because be like white people love Beyonce. They just sincerely love her mm-hmm. and, and they like, felt betrayed. They felt, and they honestly felt betrayed. It's like Kendrick, his, his music, he doesn't hold back. Mm-hmm. Like, Ever. all his songs you know what who he is what his intention is and he's not as mainstream as beyonce beyonce is like same level as adele mm-hmm. all around the world like she she is queen b for a reason and it's just and all her songs um are fun and fantastic and re- more or less relatable or mm-hmm. just like just catchy and then this and then she puts in this like one song where it's just like Where's the Beyonce that I knew? Like, how that could didn't you do talk this? about race? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and then they like, you know, like people are like, "What? Beyonce is black? When did this happen?" And it's like, I think that it's it's something that like happens in the workplace. It happens like with like friendships where, um, if you're like in an all white space and you don't act like a stereotypical black person, I was just person, about to say that. It's like they knew she was black. Right. She was that black person. They yeah. didn't act like all the other black She people. was the exception. Mm-hmm. She wasn't the rule. And and that's why they feel betrayed when they find out, like, guess what? I'm the rule, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to, and I'm going to do. And it's like, I know you're all going to still come to my concert. You're all going to pay all of your money to come see me. And you can be mad, but you're going to still subscribe to Title to listen to mm-hmm. my album. And yeah, I'm going to do this. And you can be mad. And I don't really care because I don't have to. She got so much saved in the bank. She don't have so to worry much. about it. She just doesn't have to worry. Yeah. And I, and I, and I guess this like wake up call to like, guess what? Beyonce's black has, it's just, 
I guess unnerving for some people. I don't know. I was like, well, she loves her people. I think that's, yeah, that I think she there's didn't different betray by mindset almost. Like, you can see celebrities, it's like, okay, clearly that person's black. But mm-hmm. when they come out and they're like, I love my black people, and this is how you've been treating them wrong, mm-hmm. it's like, what? <laughs> Hold up. We didn't know you was this kind of black person. <laughs> this is making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> how are you going to tell me that I'm oppressing you? <laughs> Beyonce, I, I listened to you to get away from my privilege. I don't want to hear about it. Me, oh. Don't remind me, Beyonce. You were my escape. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, I would like to understand more, and I try to have my boo explain it. But I've I've awoken him far too much for him to like be outraged by something like this. Mm. Maybe I should call some of my family. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you think about this Beyonce performance? If you've per- if you've personally felt victimized by Beyonce, please email us and tell us about your yes. experience. Well, in the so I was watching some news. This newswoman, I forget what her name was, mm-hmm. but her issue was that on the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is a day in which all Americans of all races come together side by side to cheer. And this was a day when people aren't thinking about race. <laughs> and how dare, this is, her, this is her words, how dare Beyonce come and honor a terrorist organization on the one day that people are cheering together? How dare she do this? Um, and then she said something like, while you're out here like cheering for your race, you need to be worrying about black-on-black crime. Oh, your, dr- your husband was a ju- drug dealer for 14 oh, years or something. Like. She was like, you need to know what's going on in your household or something like that. Anyway, so Charlemagne the God called her the donkey of the day. And then she got pissed because she was like, how dare you call me an animal? So she brought him on the show. And they were tr- he was trying to tell her the Black Panthers were not a terrorist organization. And she was she wasn't hearing it. She was like, they mm-hmm. shot cops, they were terrorists, they shot white people. <laughs> it's, it would be the same thing as me like saluting Nazis or the KKK on television. And she was like, mm-hmm. this is the problem I had. Anyway, it just it just made me realize. I was like, yo, there are just so many crazy. Um, mm, let me take it back. I'm not calling somebody's interpretation crazy. There's so many misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Of, for one, what the what the I'm oh, not the KKK. I mean, everybody <laughs> we, understands we that pretty well. About the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. For one, it's like okay, yeah, there's black on black crime, but there's also but crime on crime, crime in every single like ninety five percent of all crime is intra-racial. All crimes are normally committed against people of the same race. So black there's black on black crime, there's white on white crime, there's Asian on Asian crime, there's Latino on Latino crime. Most crime is intra-racial. Some people don't know that cat, so I'm glad you said it so hard. <laughs> but I'm serious; some people don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, let's let's. That's a great segue to like start talking about Black History Month and Black figures. Um, let's talk a little bit more. Let's let's talk about the Black Panther. It's like let's get real. Mm-hmm. So, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say so. As somebody who has not always been as knowledgeable of mm-hmm. these issues as I am now, we were not really taught about the Black, Black Panthers growing up. And what we were taught was something very similar to what this woman is saying. Mm-hmm. That these people were violent. They were waiting with guns to like, kill white people. They just hated whites. They were out <laughs> to hunt. You know, like... Mm-hmm. 
I feel like when you're raised with that mentality, like you don't even want to learn about the actual group because mm-hmm. in, in my head growing up, this was like the equivalent. It really was like the equivalent of Nazis, like black Nazis, if that makes sense. Anyway, but that's not the case. No. Kat, tell I us mean, about the real party. So Black Panther's party, um, really big in Chicago, especially. Um, one of their main facets, they were really involved in the community, like heavily involved in the community. Um, they would host breakfast programs in the morning. So a lot of the kids in um, low income neighborhoods would come have breakfast before school and learn about being the learn about their black beauty and learn about all the accomplishments that black people have achieved under oppression in the last like 300 years. So they spent a lot of time educating. Um, they had a freedom schools. So they spent a lot of time educating black youth on knowing that black is beautiful. They fed the, they like fed these children. They, their whole reputation for policing the police is, I'm going to say a bit dramatic. So much like current day, police killed black people, unarmed black people, unarmed black people for no reason. It was more rampant because there were no consequences. Not that there are main consequences now, but there was no consequences before for murdering a black person, innocent or not. So the Black Panthers were like, you know what? I'm sick of these police coming to my community. They're supposed to be helping me and my family and my community members, but instead they're killing us Mm-mm. and they're beating us and they are betraying us and they're not protecting us and serving us in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, they used their Second Amendment rights, which I know that many white people love. Mm-hmm. They were using the Second Amendment right, their right to bear arms, which is guaranteed in the Constitution of the United States, to show up to incidents where police were abusing their power and being like, well, we are, we're here, we have our guns, it is our Second Amendment right to have our guns, and we don't want you terrorizing our neighbors Mm -hmm. anymore. And it's like, did a couple of white people get shot? Sure. But... (laughs) Mm-hmm. But that's not like that was never their goal. That was never their aim. It was it was more of a situation where they were pushed into it than like they came with the intention to just start like mm-hmm. shooting up. Like it's not like they rolled to shopping malls and just like went on massacres. I mean, if you rolled up to something and you saw black people just being abused left and right. Right. And then people were point, pointing guns at your face. I could see how things could pop off a little bit. Right. <laughs> I could, I'm going to say I could see if that, if that happened. But I think it's important to note these people were not coming out to protest or like places where police were, you know, thinking like, oh, we just going to come up blazing out. You know, this is not what it was. Anyway. Yeah. It, and it's like, was the movement perfect? No. Mm-hmm. But... They are nothing like the KKK where their sole purpose were to go and terrorize Mm -hmm. black people, burning crosses, burning down people's homes, lynching endless people without any consequences. A lot of the members um, of the Black Panther Party, especially the larger members, were either shot like people rolling into their homes in the middle of the night, like the FBI specifically rolling into their homes in the middle of the night and murdering them in cold blood or mass incarceration 
or if like certain leaders were lucky enough for like so Asada Shakur mm-hmm. was were able to escape and gain asylum in Cuba, it was <laughs> KKK sole intention to kill, to terrorize, to be a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. Black Panthers to protect black people from being abused and to let them know that they are beautiful and that their heritage is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And let's not let's not even bring Nazis in this conversation because that's just like what is that even about? Let's just stop. I'm not talking about them. <laughs> they are not worth the breath. I will say that it does piss me off. And this is the last thing I'm gonna say about Nazis. <laughs> it does piss me off when you're in class and it's like, look at these. All the Jews were so persecuted. This is not me saying the Jews were not persecuted, but oh my god, the Jews were so persecuted. The Nazis were terrible. Oh my God, 9-11, look at all the victims. These people were so terrible. Slavery, y'all need to stop talking about that. Right. It's like, dang. <laughs> y'all realize what y'all did, right? Right. <laughs> okay, anyway. But it's like, please forget. Can you forgive right. us, please? Did you ask the Jews to forgive the Nazis? Right. <laughs> no? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. What's up next, Kat? So before well, I start going on a rant. <laughs> well, it's, it's Black History Month, which is uh cool i mean i always loved black history month in school growing up because i I see the point i learned so much about my people i wish that black history i want i wish that black history month was every month and that it was naturally incorporated into the curriculum but it's not so that made black history month my favorite in school because i learned so much about black leaders but it was kind of at some points just became a broken record because you hear about like the top three, like you hear about like Harriet Tubman led some slaves out of slavery and then Rosa Parks sat on a bus and then Martin Luther King marched on Washington. Well, it's like the, the greatest hits of black history. And it's just like, and they made it sound like the underground railroad was glorious. Right. <laughs> like they were just, they went underground. There was a path dug out for them right. and just walked across the border. <laughs> Acting like they did not have to hide in small, tiny spaces. There were with snacks like waiting dozens on each corner. <laughs> it's like, it's not a, it's not like an elite coach car rolling, just like rolling down the tracks. No, it was, bu- it was brutal. It was terrifying. You yeah. really had to have faith in people. I was the opposite because me and my half whiteness, <laughs> I was always trying to figure out to wait the ways to be equal, you know? And I was like, I don't understand why my black side gets a whole month. My white side gets nothing. <laughs> Little did I know that all of white history was history. History is all white history. But in those little moments, that's what I thought. I was like, why do, why are we have one home up for black people, but not for Mexicans and not for these people? Everybody around me felt the same way. So what do you think happens when we get to Black History Month and nobody has explained to me why this is why this even exists? I was like, why, why are we doing this? And then you get into Black History Month and you literally learn nothing. Yeah. We learn nothing. Like yeah. only Martin Luther King Jr., Mm-hmm. like the only person we learned about and then they didn't even set up the problem well i was like what did this man even do i'm free i'm out here drinking out of whatever water fountains i want to drink out of <laughs> i'm out here eating in my grandma's store this is all cool they didn't do a good job of talking about any type of oppression mm-hmm. 
so that I even knew why these leaders were significant right. to begin with. When we did hear about leaders, I mean, leaders, like <sighs> two, it was like Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr. That was it. Yeah. And they only, and they made sure to only speak about the ones in the nonviolence movement. Exactly. You don't learn about Black Panther. You don't learn about Malcolm X. You don't learn about like Nation of Islam whatsoever. And so you're, you're totally right because there is no context. Like it is funny because it's history class and history is meant to provide context Mm -hmm. to understand why things are happening the way that Mm -hmm. they're happening. And like they, they invest zero time in saying into, helping students understand oppression mm-hmm. and it's so necessary to to even know why they need why we would need a black history month mm-hmm. be, uh, if you don't understand the context of oppression mm-hmm. and how coming being brought here being kidnapped here as slaves equally like turned into reconstruction turned into jim crow turned into the civil rights movement turned into black lives matter and it's like you have to school schools need to do and honestly parents need to do a better job setting up the story of oppression Mm -hmm. for their students so that they so that this all makes sense and it's like of course i mean my i'm gonna have this talk with my kids like hey kids let's talk about let's talk about oppression this is gonna suck but guess what you're black I'm going to try to make my kids as woke as early as possible. Yeah. That's a necessity. I mean, I feel like I want them to be challenging everything. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) There's this really funny vine where this kid is talking about um, kids who are like, like in today's world, everybody's so sensitive. (laughs) And this kindergarten teacher tells his students to get into a straight line. And he was like, oh, what about the gay people? Where are they supposed to get? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my child. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's funny. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. And, and it's like, so who's, whose responsibility is that to like educate children on systems of oppression? Is it? Should the school take some responsibility in that, mm-hmm. or should they? Should ever? It's like year after year after year, belting out the same stuff. It should be like this year. Let let me set up the story for you. Mm-hmm. The next year, this is what happens next, and like have like elementary school and middle school and high school be a continuous story of Black history instead of let's talk about MLK. Seventh grade. Let's talk about MLK. Eighth grade. Let's talk about MLK. But I don't think this is gonna. Maybe this is gonna sound controversial. I don't know. At least when I felt like I was growing up, mm-hmm. I don't even feel like the black parents were educated on their own history. Yeah, so true. I don't think they were educated on like systemic racism. I don't think they were interested in, or, or like educated on their own history. And so when you, if you're yourself not educated on it. When your kids bring home their history books, do you, I'm not I'm not trying to make you know like black parents sound like they're stupid, but all I'm saying is that education is a cycle, and if your parents are a product of the system where they haven't been educated, mm-hmm. when you're raising your kids, are you do you even are you even able to see the the flaws in it? Right. I guess that's what I'm asking. So after I feel like this cycle of not educating people on true oppression. Like, 
when you're raising your kids, are you even going to be able to give them that context? Because I feel like so many people I went to school with were not given that context, even mm-hmm. when they were fully black. I partially do think, no, I I think it's the parents, and a large part of things is the parents' responsibility mm-hmm. to teach their kids this history. And if they see that history is being taught unfairly or unethically, is there... It's their right to say something about it. Like, I'm for sure going to be all up in my kids' curriculum. I'll be like, hmm. Is this how you feel about this? Hmm. But don't you feel that your your level of wokeness is in a substantial part attributed to you being highly educated? And since a lot of people don't get that opportunity, mm-hmm. like, I mean, mo- most of us don't even mm-hmm. wake up till college. Yeah, I, oh, I'm definitely saying that is a product of that. Yeah. But I think what I'm saying is that because I feel like I am not necessarily blind of a lot of things I was blind to before, I think that comes with a responsibility mm-hmm. to be if, like if my, when my kids are in school, if I think that the teacher isn't doing a good job of explaining black history, one, I think that means that I need to do it myself mm-hmm. or two, I think that means I need to talk to the school board. I mean, what about all those other little children being left out, continuing the cycle of not understanding oppression? Well, that's why we go to the school board. That's a that's a mighty fight. Hey, we've been fighting for centuries. Right? We, can fight <laughs> we can fight for other stuff. And plus, by the time I have children, I'm not gonna have much to fight for, so I might as well be starting that's to go with the school board. <laughs> It's like, dang, I already went to college. I already went to grad school. What's my next struggle? <laughs> this curriculum. <laughs> Fighting for it. No, I mean, it's all a problem. It's all, it all needs to be fixed, you know? Mm-hmm. But I have to understand. I think my understanding is that everything in the world isn't going to be fixed in my lifetime. But there are little areas that you have to figure out. Like, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to fight for. Somebody else is going to take up the fight on X, Y, and Z. But I'm not going to be the one that can fight for every single issue in the world. Yeah. And those issues could change during my life. So right now I might be like, you know, you need to give me equal pay. Maybe that's what I'm fighting for. Mm -hmm. But when I have kids, it's probably all going to be about education. So I'm not trying to box myself in. I didn't mean to make that about me. (laughs) This is our show. So we can make it about (laughs) us if we want to. Well, the show is technically about our viewpoints. So. Thank you for that. Um, so. What, how, how would your dream Black History Month be structured? I mean, in a, ideally, we would have Black History easy, like commonly incorporated into all history, into white history, because Obviously, it's not all history. Mm-hmm. And then do we have a responsibility to make sure that our kids are learning about other um, people of color? Yes. And, okay. Oh, was, like, I supposed, was I supposed to elaborate? I mean, are we, do you think that they should understand all people of color's, like, oppression? So, like, mm-hmm. they should understand what Japanese internment camps were? Mm-hmm. and why? I think that as hard as it is, that it is important to for kids to understand 
And I think the kids are actually a lot smarter than people think they are. Oh, totally. They can understand a lot that I don't think that people are trying to teach them. Yeah. I think my, one of my goals would be to help my children understand how tech, you know, like if I were to talk about large concepts about like meta narratives, this is how, this is how people like construct history in their favor. Mm -hmm. I might not think, I might not think that might be the best way to talk to my kids about, (laughs) you know, how white people have co-opted history. But, I might say like, oh, let's think about who wrote this textbook. You know, if you were to write a book like this, do you think that you would have insights that I wouldn't necessarily have? Would you write it differently than I would write it? And then I think I would say, hmm, for most of history, white people have written these textbooks. (laughs) And that means that a lot of black people, Asian people, Mexican people, all these other people haven't been able to tell their side of the story. Boom. I figured it out right <laughs> right on this radio show. We're not on the radio podcast. <laughs> no, but I think it would be important to say, you know, like whatever my child's makeup is in the future to say, like, you know, this is a part of my history and mm-hmm. that's where you're going to learn about it. But there are also people who have been oppressed that you also need to know about their side of the story as well. I think it's very important that children understand the white history it's just that white history and that there are many different sides of the story. I think there could be cool exercises too. Yeah. But I don't, I'm trying to make my child walk from the womb. Hashtag. <laughs> we need to make this a hashtag. Walk from the womb. <laughs> I want to challenge me on everything. Why are you using plastic bottles? You should be using glass. Be more environmental. That's what kind of child I want to have. When you get tired of it though. Yes, I would. <laughs> but I would also love that fighter spirit. Right? <laughs> You'd just be so proud. Like, you get on my nerves. So I'm really proud of I'm you right so now. I'm so proud of you. So, this is my baby. Yes. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> oh, you're my child. <laughs> exactly. So, this week in feminism. Um, a little while ago, fairly recently, the CDC came out with a um, interesting chart telling women uh, and just an infograph telling women that they should refrain from alcoholic beverages if they are in planning on getting pregnant or just not on birth control. So mm. first one I get. <laughs> Yeah. If, if you're pregnant, okay. I get why, why you well, probably should if, be Well, if you're planning to get pregnant. So yeah, if you, yeah, I get that. Okay. Obviously, if you're pregnant, That's stop what drinking. Saying. Stop That's drinking. what I'm saying. If they're like, <laughs> yo, you pregnant? You probably shouldn't be drinking that liquor. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's a good point. Um, so this, the, one of the many reasons that this is so condescending and infuriating, and by one, I'm just going to list all the reasons. One, (laughs) it doesn't take into account that women who only have sex with women have no risk of getting pregnant. They have a spectrum. Zero, zero. They have no risk of getting pregnant. So um, they a a lot of lesbians and queer women don't don't take birth control because, you know, why pump hormones in your body when you're you're not you're not going to get pregnant. Um, well, it it makes it seem like a woman who drinks and is not on birth control can't actually control herself. 
Because it's like, you'll probably get STDs. Is it, wasn't that one of the issues? It mm-hmm. was like, you're, you're, you're prone to get STDs. You're probably going to have a baby. Yeah, it's, it's just like saying that women who drink are too stupid to use protection. So if you drink... It want it also like assumes that women, women who drink, get wasted and then go out and have unprotected sex, mm-hmm. and then it also makes this assumption that women are sole purpose is for recreation, mm-hmm. and recreation is that word? That's not a word. Procreation. Procreation. <laughs> for their their sole purpose is to make babies. We are nothing but baby carrying machines. And that's just, it's so insulting. And it's like, at the same time, you're not telling men to stop drinking. You're not telling, like, make sure you always have a condom in your pocket if you're going to have a beer, mm-hmm. fellas. You don't want to, you don't want to get an STD. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I it's 2016, you would think that we'd be past this. I wonder who on the team wrote it. I feel like it was probably a dude. Or just, oh, I just, I don't know. Or a conservative woman who doesn't want all these loose, drunk women. Or just somebody sex. who, I feel like this article could have still been written, written by a pretty liberal person. Hmm. That just didn't check their own assumptions. You know? <laughs> That's true. I mean, because when, if you were to come to me and... And tell me to write a resource on sexuality. Just from the lens that I would be writing, I would probably bring up pregnancy. I would probably bring up men. I would probably bring up like STDs being passed between men and women. Like that is just the the lens I'm coming through, coming from. Mm-hmm. So I could easily see how somebody could do this, but when you are in the position to be publicizing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I feel like you should just take a moment and say pause. <laughs> okay. I understand I'm writing this from the perspective of a straight woman. Yeah. What are some other identities out there? And how could I be including them in the conversation? Somebody just didn't check their assumptions. Yeah. Doesn't take into account people who are absent or celibate. Yeah. They meant good. They, they just failed a little. <laughs> but it's like, like most people. But like women aren't that stupid. Like they almost all women stop drinking once they find out that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And studies have shown that even if you've had like a few drinks within the maybe one month before you find out that you're pregnant, it's not going to do that much harm unless you're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say I do think the resource that they're creating is important. Mm hmm. I but, but I think that it could have been better done. It's also common sense though. I don't think it's common sense for everybody. I, I don't know. Bet. People where I grew up, I don't know. Uh okay. I don't know I'll if take it's common for it. I feel <laughs> like when you're in a world where especially if you've if you've been lucky enough to have parents who have really informed you, it's a lot of this is I think very easy to understand. But I come from a perspective of where a lot of people also use like the natural family planning because they don't believe that they will get pregnant unless God wants it to happen. God's almost their birth control. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's I think it's like these types of resources are extremely important for people to have like very practical information 
on like what's happening in your body the anatomy of your body like how things happen because even sex ed ed was like nothing it was like basically don't have sex here's a woman giving birth this should be good (laughs) enough for you to stay absent that was basically my sex ed you know so i can see it was very important i wish it would have been better done i wish they could have been more considerate been more considerate but i do think it's an important resource it just has to be reworked it's like yo maybe this should just be like in general let's talk about how alcohol affects the body yeah let's talk about how you need to have protective sex but drunk woman equal idiots i don't think that's the case maybe we should talk (laughs) about that (laughs) i don't know all right great so we're gonna wrap this up and thank you so much for joining us today um hope you had fun and you're having a happy black history month and that you're learning about your your they did give us the shortest month yeah. so we don't have much longer to celebrate it's a leap birthday. year we get an extra day this oh month. i'm sorry we get one extra day <laughs> Um, but that you're actually going out and learning about other lesser known figures in black history. A little quick black history fact. The first um, water sprinkler was invented by Joseph Smith. You're welcome. And you got green grass <laughs> because of us. And as you're sitting here listening, enjoying your PB&J, make sure you thank George Washington Carver. If you're allergic to peanuts, we are sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm being inclusive. Um, you can check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. You can hit us up on Twitter at unlearn underscore shy. You can you can stop it. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook at under unlearned, and check out our website unlearnpodcast.com. And if you have any questions, comments. Um, email us at unlearnedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.